hour number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. Her name is Leah Brandon. We're broadcasting live across the country on 15 different stations, all of which can be found at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com. We're heard in New York City, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Ohio, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Florida, Georgia, Reno, Los Angeles, San Diego, Sacramento, Seattle, all sorts of uh, places. And again, you can find out for yourself at uh, freespeechbroadcasting.com. Lots to get to in this hour as we continue to take our weekly look at the race to the White House 2016. And of course, Donald Trump continues to be the focus of almost all of the media attention to the detriment, it's important to point out, of the cause of beating Hillary Clinton which may or may not be part of Donald Trump's agenda here. Uh, do you believe in the conspiracy theory, Leah, on that? Mm. You do not. I don't know. I, I, I'm 50-50 on it. I don't believe, though, that he had any idea that he would completely take over the media like he has for as long as he has. I think he thought that he would get some attention, but I think right. even he is like, whoa, they love me. Yeah, which is hard. It's hard to exceed Trump's own expectations on anything, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, but you might be right. So you're right. I, and again, I am not a conspiracy person because nobody is this smart. No, I mean, this could this could not be working out better for Hillary Clinton, even though right. she's still doing poorly in the polls. But if you look at it on the surface, you've got Trump and Clinton admitting that there was a call between the two of them, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, just before he decides to run, which, right. which to me was a surprise. I See, I was surprised that Trump even ran. And Trump running has already messed with one of my major predictions. See, I thought that Rand Paul would be one of the final four or five. But Rand Paul has gotten completely blown out of the water by Donald Trump. And even though on, on paper they're not the same politically, I do believe they're drawing from the same type of person. And so Rand well, Paul— Well, he hurt himself, though, at the debate. Oh, are you kidding? His, his point was tremendous against Oh, Donald. he seemed to be half crazy. All right, well, maybe because I'm half crazy myself, I that appealed <laughs> to me. But anyway, look, I, I don't want to get sidetracked here. So here, here's the thing. So you got that conversation, and then you have the fact that, by and large, although it's changed in the last day or two, maybe on purpose, but um, you have Donald Trump attacking everybody on the right, going after Jeb Bush, which I don't mind, uh, uh, Scott Walker, which I do mind, uh, Marco Rubio, which I do mind. Carly uh, Fiorina. Uh, Carly Fiorina, which yeah, I'm okay about. But the point is, he's going after Republicans hard, and he's even going after Democrats. He went after Bernie Sanders. Why would you bother going after Bernie Sanders? And he even went after Joe Biden. Why, why would you bother with that? I mean, we he's want, like a machine gun. We want Biden to be the nominee. <laughs> Please <laughs> praise Joe Biden. Uh, and I will admit that even me, as much as I have disdain for the Trump candidacy, part of me would say, you know what? F it. If you could ensure me a Trump-Biden <laughs> debate and a, and a general election campaign, I'd go, you know what? Fine. You know what? I'll exchange the future of the country for those couple of months of bliss. Let's just do it. Let's just say F it. Let's just say F the whole thing. Trump and Biden, let's go for it. I'm a, you know, there's part of me that would do that. I would make that deal. I'm not there yet. But I might be soon. 
But the point is, he has not been emphasizing his attacks on Hillary Clinton. I know you have a we could be playing hours of sound bites here, but you have a, a little snippet of Trump just to give people a sense of the machine gun attacks that he's been engaging on in, in his numerous media appearances. So why don't you play a little bit of that? Yeah, here we go. Everything we do is wrong. The military, we're not taking care of the military, not taking care of our vets. We're not taking care of our country. He made statements over the last couple of days that are incredible, trying to justify the war in Iraq can't be justified. I think it may be one of the dumbest statements I've ever heard. When people look at Scott Walker, his state has a $2.2 billion deficit. I've said it. Hillary Clinton was the single worst secretary of state in the history of this country. Oh, and also... It's been brutal. It's been brutal for Hillary. And I think at some point she's perhaps not going to be able to run. She's going to have to end her campaign. There you go. Yeah, so he's in the last couple of days, he started to attack the person he should be attacking, uh, Hillary Clinton, a little bit more. But see, to me, that, that doesn't cut it. See, number one, at this stage of the campaign, Hillary should be, if you're going to attack anybody, it's Hillary, all right? That's it. That's the only person you should be attacking. You should especially not be attacking people like Scott Walker, who have actually a chance to win a general election, with inaccurate attacks. Democratic talking points that are not true. That's right. Uh, so that that bothers me greatly. Um, but more importantly, the the idea that he's he's not going after Hillary nearly as much as he should be, except now when he's forced to, it makes me suspicious. I mean, the reality is, as I've said time and time again, he's not going to win the nomination, which I'll get to why in a second. When he doesn't win, he's going to have to do something to get back in the good graces of the news media. The easiest way to do that is to do something to help Hillary's cause, whether that's directly endorsing Hillary, whether that's running as a third party, whether that's using his megaphone, which, by the way, the megaphone will still be there if he's attacking Republicans, right? That's how this is going to work. Once he goes away and is not the nominee, if he attacks Hillary— Eh, unless it's really, you know, funny or sexy, the media is not going to care. If he goes after the Republican nominee, they're going to be there in droves. That's Th true. That's how it's going to work. And that bothers me a lot because people don't seem to see this obvious reality, conspiracy theory or not. Now, here's why he's not going to win the nomination. All right. He clearly has right now 20 to 25 percent of the GOP base, whether that base uh that portion of the base is actually going to turn out in a caucus on a cold night in iowa where you have to admit to your friends and family that you're a donald trump supporter <laughs> i don't know i i would like to believe that it's not going to pan out as well in iowa as the polls currently indicate that they will be but he, he's not going away he's not the normal candidate he's, he's immune from all viruses he gets lots of free media he pretends to have money to fund his own campaign, which I don't really believe, but that's what he's pretending. He doesn't, he doesn't have the normal – he doesn't live in the same world that the normal presidential candidate has to live in and would therefore go away if their support evaporated. So he's not going away, in my opinion. But even under the best scenario, he cannot win the nomination, and here's why. While he may have 20 to 25 percent of the Republican base, that doesn't hack it. He has alienated at least 50 to 60 percent and will continue to alienate at least 50, 50 or 60 percent. And as the field narrows, worst case scenario or best case for Trump, he somehow ends up as one of the last two or three, which is theoretically possible. The base 
more than 50% will gravitate to somebody not named Donald Trump. And in order to get your name in nomination at the Republican convention to actually win the nomination, you must have the majority of the vote in at least eight different states. I know this is a fact. I know this is a reality. I know these are the rules. These are, you know, troubling things that I guess are beyond the grasp of our moronic media. But that's the reality. There is not a scenario in the world, not even if it's Trump Jeb. I would even as as much as I understand that this disdain for Jeb, even Jeb would be able to fend off Donald Trump. Do you agree with me on that, Leah? Yeah, I guess. I'm not sure. I, I have to right. tell you, I've been really surprised by my hardened, conservative, pro-life, right. uh, major church-going people who are here in Alabama so, just solidly behind this guy. Well, it's 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 going to slightly fade, and it's not going to be over 50%. There's no scenario where it's over 50% in eight different states. And he will not be the nominee. And by the way, he's got no organization winning a nomination. Well, in that's a, true. In, in, in winning a nomination in a battle like this, which is going to be a fierce, fierce battle. You got to get delegates. You got to get them. You got to get on the ballot, which he hasn't done in a lot of states. It is a. It is very much about dotting I's and crossing T's. And Trump is not a dot and I crossing T. Make it so. T's. Just make it happen. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're deported. You. You're deported. You. <laughs> you with the big bo- boobs. You're not deported. You. I mean, he. He's not a detail guy, all right? Details are not Trump's forte, and you need details to win a long struggle to win a Republican or Democratic presidential nomination. All right, when we come back, um, what I've been looking forward to all night is we're, we're going to have a little fun with uh, the first cuts to the GOP field in honor of the NFL training camps. They're, this week they're going to have their uh, first cuts. We're going to do our first cuts to the GOP field coming up next on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. She is Leah Brandon. And we're going to do something a little bit different uh, in this uh, particular uh, segment of the show. The uh, GOP field is much too large, Leah. I think you would agree with that. Uh, oh, yes. Right now, it should be illegal. 17 different um, horses in the race, if you will. Since we're on in Louisville and you're a horse person, it's very much like the Kentucky Derby. And, too many. And very much like the Kentucky Derby. You can often have one of your best horses boxed in and unable to make a move. Correct. Uh, and that's what Donald Trump is doing to some of our best horses, specifically Scott Walker and Marco Rubio. They're boxed in by that big, fat racehorse <laughs> named Donald Trump. Um, and so in honor of the fact that um, the NFL training camps are now full bore, and uh, this coming week actually is the first cuts for the NFL training camps, which are the biggest cuts that they make. Uh, now that the first exhibition games have all been played this past weekend, I thought, wouldn't it be fun for us to make the same kind of deal, that I would play GM of right. the Republican Party, and I would make the, the Republican Party presidential candidate cuts, the first cuts, to cut us down to a more manageable 10-person field. 
And that's so, still a lot, too. Yeah, well, we're gonna make we're gonna get gonna get rid of several of our candidates right now. So, uh, to give us in the mood, I know you're a fan of the HBO reality series Hard Knocks. I love that show. So, you know, the, let's get some uh, Hard Knocks music here. This is the uh, HBO reality show where oftentimes you'll see the general manager bring a player in and cut him right there on reality TV. That's so right. I'm gonna play Republican Party GM. You're gonna play. These candidates. So okay. First one, um, Jim Gilmore. Can you please come uh, into my office and bring your playbook? Jim, <laughs> bring your playbook and your iPad. Jim, are you there? Yeah. Hi. Yes. Hi. Uh, I'm so glad you wanted to see me today. Yeah. You're going to give me some money to no. take on these behemoths. N- Jim, uh, here's the deal. We didn't even know you were uh, trying out for the team. <laughs> so uh, we don't even have a playbook or a uniform to get back from you. Uh, you have been cut. So thank you for playing Jim Gilmore. Um, good luck to you. Uh, keep our phone number handy. Uh, Is George... there another team you can send me to? No, I'm not even worried about it, Jim. Um, <laughs> George Pataki, could you please come to my office? George? Uh, yeah. George... Hi. How you doing? George, uh, you do know that uh, 9-11 was a long time ago, right? That's okay. It's still in the minds of America. Yeah. Um, no, it's too long ago. Um, it's not working. Uh, you're at less than 1% in the polls. Please turn in your iPad, your playbook, and your uniform. All right? Okay. Uh, Rick Santorum, are you there? I am so glad the general manager wanted to spend some one-on-one time with me. I just need to get out in front of people more, yeah, and yeah. thank you for recognizing this. Rick, Rick um, thanks for coming to training camp. Um, I'm sure that you had a high expectations after what you thought almost happened last time in 2012. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What you didn't understand was that you weren't you weren't really in contention for a job last time. We Excuse were just me. using you to prod Mitt Romney. That's all we were doing. So oh. uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I want Alabama. I'm sorry if there was a misunderstanding, but uh, Rick, please turn in your iPad and your uniform. Uh, I'm going to pray for you, Rick Mr. Perry. GM. Rick Perry, are you there? Oops. Yeah, that's all we need to hear. Um, we couldn't get past that. We're sorry. Uh, please turn in your iPad and your your uniform. Rick Perry, you've been cut. Uh, Chris Christie, are you there? He's eating a sandwich. Chris, um, here's the deal. Uh, you may have heard that we've decided to go with another loudmouth from New York, New Jersey. <laughs> um, we've got a guy by the name of Donald Trump. He has completely taken over whatever you thought you were going to bring to the program here. However, we're not going to cut you. We're going to put you on IR, Chris Christie, because, you know, you could probably use some time on IR. Um, and if that Trump Get guy, on the bike. And if, right, if, if, if Trump blows out a knee, we might give you a call. All right, Chris? So, uh, yeah, please, okay, I'll be waiting over here. Please turn in your iPad and your uh, uniform. Uh, Bobby Jindal. Um, oh. Are you there? Yeah. Yes, hello. Um, we've decided to go with the other guy with of, of color, Ben Carson. We can only have one. And in, Indian doesn't trump black. So um, please turn in your iPad and your playbook. And Lindsey Graham, we didn't even know you were on the team either. So, <laughs> um, Lindsey, uh, I'm not even going to bother with a meeting. You're cut. Please Bye-bye. Turn, please turn in your iPad and uh, your uniform. All right, when we come back, more from the John Alea Show and the Free Speech Broadcasting Network, our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Thank you. 
This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. We come at you each and every Sunday evening for three hours where we talk about the news of the week and the events of our sometimes bizarre lives. We do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. And just to clean up, uh, Leah, the last segment where we did a little uh, a little bit where I pretended to be the general manager of the Republican Party and I cut seven of the uh, 17 Republican presidential contenders, because I know people were scoring at home, and I'm sure this was a very serious matter to a lot of people, but just to be clear on on, on two things. Number one, if I truly was the GM of the Republican Party, uh, I would very seriously have considered cutting Donald Trump uh, like the Baltimore Ravens did Ray Rice after that video came out, uh, based upon the (laughs) debate performance. Yeah, but then he went back, so... Ray Rice went I mean, back. Yeah. No, no, Ray Rice has never played football again. Oh, I thought he got. I thought he went back to the team or was allowed to go back no, and play. No, he's still. Who was the one who assaulted somebody that was able to come back? Oh, that's happened many times. So. <laughs> the same. T- but, okay. But, but but not for Ray Rice. Um, but Donald Trump, when he didn't take the pledge. Uh, to not run as a third-party candidate and essentially hand the election to Hillary. That was essentially like Ray Rice beating his wife in an elevator on video. Uh, But unfortunately, uh, Trump is too popular to cut at this moment. So the 10 that I would keep would be Trump, Bush, Walker, Rubio, Cruz, Kasich, uh, Fiorina, Carson, Paul, and Huckabee, although Paul and Huckabee are hanging on by a thread. Uh, Oh, by the way, um, I, as you already know, I uh, bought the URL www.jebcantwin.com. Did you uh, finally do something I with it? I have not done anything with it because, frankly, right now no one cares about Jeb. Um, I, last night I bought trumpcantwin.com. <laughs> so I own <laughs> jebcantwin and trumpcantwin.com. Uh, the seven that I have cut. Were put on IR are Jim Gilmore, George Pataki, Rick Santorum, Rick Perry. I put uh, Chris Christie on IR in case uh, Donald Trump blows out a knee. And Bobby Jindal I put on IR as well in case Ben Carson uh, also gets an injury since, you know, they're the guys. I love of, Ben Carson. They're the guys of color. Speaking of Ben Carson, I mean, I, he's you know, he's Bambi. Uh, it, it's hard to dislike him. But the, the idea that he got a huge bounce from that debate performance was um, – baffling to me uh he completely botched megan kelly's first question which was devastating and because he makes a halfway decent joke in his closing everyone goes oh isn't that wonderful and look he's black uh <laughs> let's support him it's pathetic uh, and then lindsey graham also got cut so if you're keeping score at home those are the seven that got cut in the uh, the first cuts in honor of uh and the nfl training camps getting started and this week uh, they will have their first cuts as well all right let's move on to other news wait uh, can i ask you just one question before we move sure. on sure Sure. So if it comes can. down, if it comes down to Joe Biden and Donald Trump, who <laughs> wins? I know that's your oh, great scenario. On. But if Please. it comes down, if it comes happen. down to Joe Biden and Donald, well, I, let's just say it does. I have no idea. I have no idea. You know who wins? Every media company in the country. <laughs> 
is unequivocally the winner of the Trump Biden race. Um, there's no question about it. That would be the the you know that would be the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of media. Uh, and like I said, there's a scenario where if there was nothing better going on, I might just say, F it, let's go Biden and Trump, because <laughs> it would just be too rich to pass up a once in a lifetime. You know what? And, you know, you could even make an argument that not only would it be entertaining as hell, but you could also claim that maybe it would illustrate just how completely messed up the whole country is, and it might wake some people up. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's delusionally optimistic. But it's no. not, it is not going to happen because Trump is not going to be the nominee, and I don't think Biden's going to be the nominee either. But it's, you know, I guess it's nice to fantasize about, especially if you are a media company. All right, let's move on to other uh, news. There's a couple of news stories that were really disturbing and I think really important that the mainstream news media almost completely ignored. One dealing with just how incredibly difficult the news media and the Black Lives Matter group has made, uh, how difficult it is made those those entities, the media and Black Lives Matter, has made it for police officers and law enforcement throughout this country. And it happened in your neck of the woods in Alabama in a case oh, yeah. in a case that I think uh, really illustrates the fallacy of liberals living in a vacuum when it comes to events, uh, pretending that they don't have repercussions. Tell us about what I'm referring to. Right. It happened right here in Birmingham, Alabama. A police detective uh, pulled over a vehicle because it was traveling erratically. He called for backup and asked the driver to stay in the car. The driver did not stay in the car. Instead, the black suspect got out and attacked the white officer. He somehow got the officer's gun away from him, and then he beat him in the head with it until he was unconscious. Uh, it was kind of shocking because bystanders didn't help. The people standing around took photos and then posted them to social media. And the images of the detective lying unconscious on the pavement drew praise from lots of people on social media. Now, the officer finally uh, was interviewed by CNN, but they're keeping his name. He is remaining anonymous. He told CNN the reason that he didn't pull out his gun and use force when he was being attacked is because he didn't want to be in the headlines accused of killing an unarmed black man. Now, is there, there's no, 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 you live there, obviously. Oh, in yeah. Birmingham. Oh, I remember this it, when the story broke. Okay, now, is there any indication at all that the the detective's story is, is inaccurate? I mean, has there been no. any blowback at all that maybe no. he's making this up to make himself look better? No. no, and in fact, the suspect has a history. He's got a long rap sheet. He's got assault on it and everything. No, there is no way that he's making this up. All right, and to me, this is an incredibly important story because it illustrates exactly what people like you and me and many others have been saying using our basic common sense was going to be the ultimate repercussion of all of these bogus hands up, don't shoot you know, and by the way, they're not all bogus, but that's just the, the law of averages that some of them are going to be legitimate. You're going to have people making mistakes in law enforcement. That's just the nature of the beast. We don't right. live in a perfect world. But by and large, these stories have been bogus and way overblown. Yep. And in a liberal's mindset, they get to feel good about allegedly doing justice, even though like with hands up, don't shoot, that wasn't justice because that was a totally justified shooting, and we now know that to be the case. But in a liberal's mind, they can have all the fun they want, all the protests they want, feel better about themselves with no repercussions. Right. 
they don't understand that actions don't happen in a vacuum. That when you create disincentives for people, guess what? You're going to change behavior. And in this particular case, you have a classic situation, which I'm sure has happened many other times. We just haven't heard about it, where a law enforcement official was afraid to use force because the perpetrator was a black person and they were a white person. That's right. And luckily, this person did not lose their life. No, he had 15 stitches in his head, uh, 15 staples to his skull. They easily could have died. Easily. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, the gun was taken. If the perpetrator had wanted to kill the detective, they easily could have. And then, of course, there's the secondary element of the story, which is at least as disturbing, which is that the bystanders did nothing, not only did nothing to help, right. but they celebrated with photos on social media. Yeah, they did. Now, do we know anything about the race of the people who who witnessed this and and did nothing to help. Do we know anything about that? Well, uh, it is in a um, high crime area uh, is where this happened in the, the city of Birmingham. And Birmingham, so Birmingham is a heavily black city. And, it is. And so logic would dictate there's a very good chance yes. that the people who saw this and did nothing were black. Um, and... So why would that have happened? I would submit that the more the most logical reason for why a black community might have that reaction is because they've been inundated by the media telling them for the last year That's right. that white police officers are racist and that it's their turn to get some revenge. That's right. Exactly. That's, that's what happens. It's not because these people are black. That this occurs. That it's not because they're inferior because they're black. It's because they've been taught by the news media that they have a right to do this. White cops are all racist. Exactly. They deserve it. And you know, it's it's hilarious to me that you said that CNN interviewed the detective because, of course, CNN has been the worst of anybody on this uh, on this particular issue, right? Uh, especially with hands up, don't shoot. But I have not seen any major media, main, mainstream news media coverage of this story. Uh, has it gotten a lot of play there in Alabama? Uh, oh, uh, of the the not this part where he said that you know he was afraid of being a racist. But oh my gosh, yes, this thing uh, it broke when I was on the air. There were a hundred police officers that went to block the road so the officer could get to the hospital. It was huge. It was everywhere. Well, I, I don't understand how in the world police officers are able to do their job in the current environment. I wouldn't environment. do it anymore. Why, anybody, why anybody would want to be a police officer. Mm -hmm. And it's clear from the reaction of this thing with the social media and no one helping that the fabric of our society is tearing at the seams. And that when the crap really hits the fan, folks, look out. Because this is not going to be an isolated situation. This is going to be the norm. And, and this is when we're going to really have massive crisis on our hands and we're getting awfully close this is not theoretical anymore this is right at our doorstep and well, look at baltimore now right exactly <laughs> baltimore is basically saying go ahead do whatever you want exactly. uh, we're not going to enforce because we don't have the the trust that anyone's going to have our back and who can possibly blame them after what happened there all right when we come back remember when barack obama called isis the jv team <laughs> well yes. uh, we'll talk about what the jv team has been up to that the media has for some reason decided to virtually ignore on the john and leah show on the free speech broadcasting network
This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And as we continue with the stories that the mainstream news media has ignored for reasons that are rather obvious because they do not fit their political agenda, uh, we turn now to the latest on ISIS. And Leah, you know, at times in the news media, terrorism and sexual assault are the worst crimes a human being could possibly commit, correct? Am I, am I right correct. about that? Absolutely. Right. I mean, in the media's mind, when it's convenient, terroristic acts, especially organized terroristic acts, and or sexual assault, there's nothing worse. Worse than murder. You know, because a murder can be, you know, downplayed as a crime of passion or someone was insane or it's an opportunity to blame guns. Gun control. Right, right, exactly. But when it's convenient for the news media, terrorism and sexual assault, not necessarily together, but separately, are the worst things a human being can do. Unless somehow ISIS is involved because, after all, Barack Obama referred to them as the JV team. Mm -hmm. And this week we learned some absolutely horrendous details about what one of their leaders had been up to with an American girl. Tell us about that. Right. Well, the leader of ISIS, that Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi dude, repeatedly raped the humanitarian aid worker Kayla Muller during her year and a half in captivity. Now, she was the one that was from Arizona. U.S. intelligence told her parents that this is what happened to her. In fact, a 14-year-old girl who was captured along with Kayla Muller and living in the same house was able to escape, and she's basically the one that told the story. She says that that ISIS leader repeatedly abused her and that Muller could have escaped with that 14-year-old, but she didn't want to. She was afraid that her foreign look would attract attention. Now, since ISIS has announced its revival of institutional slavery a year ago, this group is systematically enslaving and raping thousands of women from the minority Yazidi community and from all over. The women are sold on the black market. The ones between one and nine years old go for the highest amount. And al-Baghdadi reportedly owned this American aid worker. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Leah, but this sounds an awful lot like a war on women. That's exactly what it is. It's just disgusting. An actual real war on women, which we've we've been told by the American news media is the worst thing that the Republican Party has ever engaged in, even though it actually never has done that. Um, But when it comes to ISIS, we're not going to focus very much on that at all, even... Even when, I mean, think about this, because I'm always, you know, concerned about news media narratives. I understand the news media as well or better than anybody that, uh, that is commentating out there, because I've dealt with them in ways that no one else has. And I understand how they work. And if they wanted to, think about the narrative that they could create here. I mean, Mueller is a heroine, without yes. doubt. She's a hero. That's right. She's also cute, by the way, which shouldn't matter, but does. I mean, there, there are pictures of her. She's attractive. And so that plays. Uh, so if the news media wanted to, to focus on Mueller and the horrific, horrible, heinous 
crimes committed against her and the heroism that she showed while yeah. being in captivity of ISIS, they easily could have done that. But they didn't. Nope. And not at all. And it's because, well, a couple of reasons. One, there's no political agenda in it for them because it makes Barack Obama look bad. Of Be course it does. Because he called them the JV team and because he's the reason... Us leaving Iraq is the reason why ISIS is able to do any and all of this. Yep. So, so anything that could lead back, you know, a logical person might go, well, gee, why did, why was this allowed to happen? They might, you know, the, even the morons out there might start to go, well, wait a minute, isn't Barack Obama at least partially responsible for this? No, 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 it's no. It's George no. Bush. Right, right. George Bush's fault that <laughs> that Mueller got raped uh, by ISIS in Iraq. Yeah. yeah, that that in the media's. I'm surprised they haven't gone that. You know, for whatever reason, they haven't decided on that narrative. Even though I'm sure that some of them were tempted to go there. They've tried. The other element of this is, and this is, uh, please don't misunderstand this analogy. But earlier in the program, I talked about how Donald Trump now has full immunity to all viruses because, you know, there's nothing he can do now that is going to seem shocking. ISIS is the same way. ISIS, ISIS basically has now immunity. I mean, once you behead people yeah. uh, uh, the way they have, raping doesn't seem like that big of a deal, I guess. Uh, at least not to the news media. It's old news. Oh, well, we already knew they were evil. Well, that doesn't mean you stop talking about how evil they are. Especially when most of the American nimrods out there are completely ignorant as to how dangerous they are, how they got to where they are, and what has allowed them to get away with this. Yeah, well, I think the other thing, they don't want to show it because it would almost be yeah. forcing Barack Obama to do something about it, and heaven forbid. Well, no, you make another good point about what, what makes a media narrative. Sometimes a media story is just too disgusting. It's too horrible. It's too heinous it for, it for it to be a ratings hit. And this one might be, if they had wanted to make this a story, they easily could have. The, the components were there, the heroism, uh, the fact that, that she was attractive. And by the way, Baghdadi is now paralyzed, isn't he? Isn't it, is that accurate? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think that he is. So, I mean, there's... So he's not going to be doing this anymore. God's so, punishment. So that's good. Yeah, that, that's the one the one small saving grace out of all this. But to me, and I know I'm obsessed with the news media because I believe that the news media is one completely and totally broken in this country. Far, far worse than even the average conservative understands. Because it's not just a liberal conservative bias. It is fundamentally busted where they cannot they can't get to the truth if it hits them in the face almost literally the the system is broken to where it's garbage in garbage out and mm -hmm. what gets decided in immediate the way the decisions are made at the highest levels of the news media make it almost impossible for an important story like this one that could really educate americans about what we're really up against and how we got to where we are gets ignored even when there are elements that ordinarily would fit the mainstream news media's M.O. on creating a narrative, which, of course, are things like we know how horrible sexual assault is, right? There's Especially a, on a campus. This right. is not a campus. Right. If it happened at the University of Virginia, look out. 
or for Penn State. Look out! This oh, this, yeah. this would be a big story, but it happened in, in uh, you know in a foreign country by ISIS, and we all know how evil they are. And we're just gonna you know we'll, we might mention this, but we're gonna move along very quickly because this story doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help our agenda. We don't That's think right. That's it, what do, it, is. it doesn't help our ratings. We don't think unless we really make you know this into a cause celeb, which we're just we don't have the appetite for. All right, um, hour number three of the program. We've got a several other stories where the news media blew it. And um, I feel pretty secure in saying that I will talk about my own life in a way that no other talk show host would have the stupidity to do so. Um, <laughs> I can't I, wait for this. Yeah, I feel very confident about that. You'll feel, If nothing else, you'll feel better about your own life if you listen <laughs> to hour number three coming up of the John and Leah show right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 